0: on SAFM. And let's welcome and say Happy New Year to Bruce Davidson. Good evening, Bruce, and thanks for joining us on SAFM. Hey,
1: be so good to be on the show. Thanks very much. A good New Year to you and all your listeners. Lovely to be back.
0: Great, and lovely to see some tennis here. The first Grand Slam is around the corner. Obviously, the big talking point, Bruce, is the return of Novak. Do you have any idea of how he's been received so far in Australia, of what kind of reception he can expect next week after the drama of last year?
2: Well,
1: it's been a surprise to me that he's been so welcomed uh, back by the Australians. I I just couldn't believe it when I, I, I watched some television clips and I studied uh, some of the social media reactions by crowds walking onto the court. He absolutely um, you know, was welcomed back. He hasn't played in Australia since 2021. He won the Adelaide uh, tournament, as we know, last week in fine style. And it was as if he had never left um, unbelievable winning his uh, 92nd HB title in Adelaide. And he just said to the crowd, uh, it is so good to be back. This is where I've won most of my grand slams. It wasn't my fault that I was deported and uh, I didn't want to upset anybody. Um, I feel, um, at home and the people just went crazy. So he's going to be the hot favorite going into Melbourne next week uh, to be so, um, even though Rafa Nadal is, uh, the number one seed, it's going to be tough for him to defend his title. Novak is just hot, 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 piping hot.
0: Like he's never left. But how do you see him dealing with the drama then? Because is there danger of him maybe carrying emotional baggage from last year and wanting to prove a point, Bruce? Or is this when he'll actually be at his best when he has something to prove? No way.
1: Novak's tougher than Putin. (laughs) <laughs> he just goes right He goes right in there for the kill. And uh, he couldn't care a damn about what happened last year and the year before. And he's just going to go in there. He knows he's very, very confident on the Australian uh, surface. He, the, he he literally owns the Rod labor Arena. Um, and he's going to be a hard man to beat. He's going to go out there. And, you know, this is how important it is that you understand how he's been welcomed back. Craig Tyley was telling me, my friend uh, who's uh, running the Australian Open, Mm. that he decided next week, uh, sorry, uh, uh, this week, sorry, before uh, the Melbourne uh, uh, tournament starts, him and Kyrgios are going to play against each other in a practice match. (laughs) And um, it's sold out. $20 a ticket anywhere, and uh, the the players are going to split the money for their charities.
0: Both agreed.
1: uh, 20,000 people in a stadium, $20 each. And, uh, I mean, they chose Djokovic to play against Kyrgios. And they could pay each other, if you look at the draw, mm. in the quarterfinals. So it, it's quite amazing that, you know, so many people paid for tickets to see, the, you know, the, uh, Djokovic play against um, his love-hate rival, Kyrgios. And uh, that just shows you how he's welcome back.
0: Wow, that's good to hear. And then you've touched on Rafael Nadal. Um, he took advantage of Djokovic's absence last year, of course, by winning in Australia. But how is he looking now ahead of 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 this year's tournament? He's
1: a little bit worried about Rafa. He's got a, a tough draw. Um, he hasn't been playing that great going into Melbourne. But we always know that it's never very a, a, a good gauge of, about him winning or losing matches before. It's what's happening this week. And he took the week off he's been hard at work apparently putting in four hours a day on 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 the courts in melbourne and he's got a tough youngster jack draper man ranked 40 in the world in the first round and um you know if he if he gets through that one he's got even a tougher one against brandon nikashima who's the next gen hp final champion one of the hottest players in the circle and then quarterfinals medvedev who he played in that epic final last year so yeah, it's going to be a very interesting situation.
0: How big an absence is young Carlos Alcaraz, considering what he's done in his short time here on the ATP tour?
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be. We're going to miss him. I think it's a, it's a, it's very sad that he's not going to be in Melbourne. There's only two players in the top twenty that uh, that aren't in, the, in 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 the draw, um, and Alcaraz has got to be very careful. He's very young now, to now all of a sudden, be in a situation. Where he's injured, he's got to take very good care of himself. He's got a lot of tennis to play in his career. He's got a a big future ahead. And uh, that's uh, the the absolute uh, mark of a champion is how you can look after your body. You can strike the ball as hard as you can. But if you're not healthy, you're just not going to be a player.
0: And on that note of injuries, how much more tennis do you think Rafael Nadal has? Because he's been battling Uh, these injuries, but he's been coming back year in and year out, as hard as it's been. If he, if he plays selective tournaments, which he's going to. And he looks after his help, and he
1: says, fit as he is, I think he can play two or three more years. I still see him winning three grand slams uh, to be so. I think he 's got three more grand slams in him. We know that the French Open is a, a comfortable one for him, but he 's good at in the Australian Open, and he 's uh, very good in the u s Open so if he looks after himself and he doesn 't play too much tennis to to tire himself out and he prepares well for the tournament, I think he can do some damage. I mean he, he is the world number one we 're talking about a player that is you're saying how long has he got to, mm. to, to, to play. And he's actually, sorry, the tournament number one. He's the number one seed, the favorite in Melbourne. And uh, we shouldn't be talking about how long has he got left with the game.
0: <laughs> and of course, um, he picked up two Grand Slam titles last year. Uh, Rafael Nadal winning which in people, Australia. Which people yeah. forget.
1: Forget yes. about People forget that Rafa won two of four Grand Slams last year. That's a, that's a big feat.
0: Yeah, and he tops the list now of the most grand slams, actually, um, in men's tennis. Okay, we've got a couple of people clearly looking forward to the Australian Open. They've sent us voice notes here for our tennis analyst, Bruce Davidson. Let's hear them.
2: Evening, member and good morning. Please ask Bruce who he thinks is going to win. But if he doesn't say Novak, then this time his prediction will be wrong. Because for me, I just want to see the scenes when Novak takes this one, man. My good, my ultimate favorite. Good evening, Daviso. I think this is Djokovic guy is being treated special by the authorities across the world. Look, if and everybody Tabiso must take the job, and then why this guy is being allowed to participate in international sport without taking the jab? If the guy does not want to take the job, and then I think the International Cricket Association was supposed to ban the guy completely from participating in the sport. Because he is not special, although he he can be treated as one, one of the best tennis players, but he is not above the rules of the country. But maybe, I think because of sponsors, he is being allowed back into Australia, it could be go back in america and in london and france the meaning other people were forced to take shape this is indeed a bad for a sport type thing just to learn
0: okay thanks for those but i don't think that's the case bruce because you still can't go play in the u.s right
1: yeah, he can't play in the U.S. There's a lot of tournaments he can't play in. And listen, last year after that deportation, he had a disastrous year. We know that he didn't play that much tennis, um, and less than 20% of his regular schedule. That's punishment in, my, in itself. Um, and, uh, you know, rules do change. Tournament rules change. Country rules change. I mean, even in our country, we're not worrying about the... The latest virus that 's coming out so the, the tourists are flying in left, right and center, where a lot of countries in the world are introducing mandatory um, vaccines now, so you know it, it, it depends entirely on the country, and the Australians have shifted into another uh, level, and he was allowed to come into the country like anybody else if it had been the same set of rules as last year he wouldn 't have played and going to your first caller there 's no doubt that Novak is the hot favourite going into uh, this this tournament. I mean, we must know, and the listeners must understand, this is the first Grand Slam of the year. A lot of the players have had time off. It depends on how their preparation has been going, going into Melbourne, how they're going to perform. But the way Novak played in Adelaide, it was quite sublime. He absolutely dominated, and he, he looked very good. And the one thing about Novak Djokovic in Adelaide is that he got himself into a little bit of trouble against Sebastian Korda in the final. In fact, he was match point down against a very competent player who's going to be a big name in the future. But he came back and he won that tournament. That's not an easy feat. It's going to be a very, very difficult uh, uh, person to beat is Novak Djokovic.
0: Besides Novak Djokovic then, Bruce, who else can we can we look out for? I mean, Daniel Medvedev has been has been runner-up for the past two tournaments. There's Kasparud, who had some good form also last year. Stefanos also plays well in Australia for some reasons. Who else do you like here in the, in the men's well, draw? Well,
1: you know, I've always liked Medvedev, but he could play against Rafa in the quarterfinals. I mean, the winner of that match is going to be a danger man going through because they're in a different part of the draw to Novak Djokovic. They're in the top, top off the draw. Um, you know, the 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 other one that that one must not write off is we've all known that Nick Kyrgios has got incredible talent. He's shown it in the last couple of months, and he's playing in his home country. Um, the Australians love him, and he's got Djokovic in the quarterfinals if Djokovic gets through, and he does too. Andre Rublev is another interesting one. A mm. very interesting first round there. He's the fifth seed, and he's playing against the former world number no. three in the 2022 Australian Open Finals Dominic team. Imagine having a first round ticket sure. for that one. You know, Ru- Rublev versus his Dominic team. And another first round match, which I think is going to be very interesting in the men's, is Andy Murray coming up against 13-seed Matteo Berrettini, That's going to be an interesting one. We know like Andy Murray is on He's good enough tennis to do some damage anyway. Uh, I need to mention Lloyd Harris. He's playing very good tennis in Bangkok. He's, he got to the finals of the first uh, challenge of A, decided to play in Bangkok rather than Australia. Uh, he's going to use his protective rankings into the main draw, but he has got a tough one against uh, the number 17 seed in world number 19. Lorenzo Musetti of Italy. That's going to be a tough one. Nice to see he's joining with Raven Classen in the doubles. So that's an all-South African doubles affair. Um, and if Lloyd does win against Lorenzo Musetti, he should get straight through to the third round, but then he's got a tough one. Yannick Silla is waiting for him in, in, in the
0: wings. Okay, but good to see Lloyd Harris, the South African Cape Tonian, back there um, after those injury struggles of last year. We're going to take a quick break and we'll just have a quick look at the women's draw also with Bruce Davidson.
2: At SAFM Radio and at
0: Tabiso Musiya on Twitter. Still talking Australian Open. Bruce, in the ladies' draw, there's No More Ash Barty, which under normal circumstances would make the draw wide open. But Iga Schweintek has dominated since Barty left the scene. And I would think she's the overwhelming favourite here and will be very hard to beat. Definitely. But I'm going to put something on there now that might shock you. But
1: anyway, Iga Schweintek has German Julian Nimai in the the first round. And guess who she could meet in the quarterfinals? is Coco Goff. And oh. Coco Goff is my favourite to win in Australia. She won in Auckland, eh? Yeah, she won. And she won in five styles. She only lost four games in two matches towards the end of the tournament. She's looking good. And I honestly think that she could win the Australian Open, Koko So I think that the winner of Iga Swaikic, quarterfinals, if they both get there, is going to win the Australian Open. But we've got to remember that it's not easy. Grand slams, every match is difficult. Second round, Koko is going to be playing against 2021 US Open champion Emma Raducanu. And we know that Ed, Emma has been injured, hasn't been playing great, but that's not an easy second round match. In the bottom half of the draw, our African... Uh, uh, sensation, mm-hmm. Ons Jabeur, the second seed, uh, got to the Wimbledon and US Open Finals, she's due for a Grand Slam, um, she, she's the second seed, as I said, bottom half of the draw, Tama second in, in the first round, but could face Arena Sabalenka, she's one, another one of my favourites, yeah, Adelaide, slam. yeah, Ab- Adelaide, and, you know, it was world number two for so many years, I think she's due for a Grand Slam, and uh, it could be, but in that half of the draw... <laughs> Very difficult is Jessica Pagula who got the USA to that United uh, Cup win. And uh, in the same quarter, too, so is uh, Maria Zakari, the Greek, that's playing such good tennis. So a wide-open woman, singles, but uh, Inga Swiatek definitely uh, the one to watch.
0: And why do you like Coco Golf? Where's the improvement been in her game now? Um, I mean, she's got real talent. She played Wimbledon when she was 15 and everybody was talking about her. But now <laughs> she's starting, she seems to be starting to establish herself.
1: Yes, yeah, she is, not she's getting older as soon as people start getting older getting more mature start understanding what is important in life the way she she won in Auckland I, I, I think that uh, she's now got it to win because she's been close to some really big matches a big w- tournament wins. so I think she could really do some some damage there and uh, obviously I'd like to once again mention we all wondered why Naomi Sark had pulled out and obviously we yeah. know that she's pregnant unbelievable <laughs> running around Europe running around Europe, having fun, more fun than she should have had, probably, <laughs> and all of a sudden there's a bun in the oven and it's going to be rapper number two.
0: <laughs> Congratulations to her and her rapper boyfriend, Corday. But, but what does this mean for her tennis, though, Bruce? Because uh, that's, It that's, that's, that's semb- could be
1: over. It could be over. Really? Yeah, that, that, that's how serious this is. You know, it, 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 when you're dating a rapper and now you're going to have a child with a rapper, someone like Corday, who is absolutely committed to his craft, he travels around the world. Have you seen his schedule? I mean, 72 gigs planned for the first seven months of the year, and she loves being with him. I mean, how is she going to play tennis, watch him rapping, travel, have a baby? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be quite miraculous for her to come back. And the reason why I say that is we haven't seen much of her in the last three years. So it's not as if she was on the top of a game, fell pregnant, and can make that dramatic comeback. It's not like that. She has she's dropped off the scene but um, It's only because she's Naomi Osaka and won a couple of grand slams and is a, a unique uh, a product from uh, from Japan that we remember her. But I don't know if it's going to be easy for her to come back.
0: Yes, because I wanted to say it just seems like even before the pregnancy was announced and congratulations to them, but it does seem like she's fallen out of love with the sport or she's just yeah, not been don't... able to deal to deal with the issues and be able to make a full return to tennis. And Yeah, and you must also remember, we don't know how, how many months pregnant she is, but Serena was playing.
1: Serena was playing when she was pregnant.
0: Yeah, and Serena I'm-
1: was do- doing incredible things. And and a lot of athletes have seen uh, Yvette on sale. I couldn't believe that when she was seven months pregnant, she was winning 10-kilometer races in the Spark Grand Prix Circuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that I was surprised when she didn't pitch up for a pre-tournament uh, uh, pr- uh, preparation in los angeles that was the sign she was drooling all over uh, europe um, her, her agent stuart Duggett said to me that she had planned to go to los angeles but obviously she just heard, got the news and then just used it as an excuse that means that she hasn't really got her heart into tennis as you said to be so you hit the nail on the head it's going to be very difficult for her to come back which is sad because i think she's great
0: for the sport Ah, really very sad okay bruce thanks for speaking to us you know we'll catch up with you uh, maybe during the tournament or after the tournament to go back and pull out some of these clips because you always get it right here on the show but enjoy the tennis and thanks for speaking to us
1: it's a pleasure keep on the ball speaker
0: okay you too bruce davidson if you're betting man remember some of the names that he has mentioned for the men's and women's draw at the australian um, open okay we're gonna go